Welcome to the Sexy Sacred Space podcast. I'm your host, CJ Thomas, and I interview radical human beings with innovative views on what it means to be sexy, sacred, and balanced, both externally and within themselves. We talk about everything from disrupting the status quo to powerful esoteric self-care practices, embracing social change, and more. This show was created to help you make and take up your own sexy, sacred space. So let's go. Welcome back to the Sexy Sacred Space podcast. I'm your host, CJ Thomas, and today's guest is my good friend, Sarah Bennett. I met her during my time in Southern Oregon. She's an amazing artist with a deep connection to nature, the transformational power of literature, and the true spirit of humanity. I asked her to come on to the show today to talk about something we both hold near and dear to our hearts, restructuring our mindset around entrepreneurship and the confines of capitalism. This woman has a beautiful soul and an incredibly nourishing point of view, and I'm so happy she took the time to sit down and chat. I was so excited about this episode that I forgot to hit the record button. So we start off with Sarah sharing how she's making space in the world and radically taking up some space for herself. Enjoy. You know, I am always learning how to make space for others and for myself in this world. It's really important to me when I hold spaces or when I'm a part of spaces to look at the structures within the space or the structures that are um, the container we're all moving within and think about who has more space in the world, who has less space for their voices to be heard. So when it comes to my copy editing business, um, it's really important to me to structure that in such a way that everyone has access and everyone one has the ability to get their voice out into the world however they need to um, without being barred by, by capitalism. So, you know, there's a lot of things that are too expensive for a lot of us to do. And I don't want to move in that way. And I don't want to shape anything I create in that way. So everything I do will always be on a sliding scale or open to some other reciprocal form of transaction being, or not even transaction, but like transformational relationship um, is really important where if we're growing together, I don't, it doesn't need to be about money. Um, I feel like that's a very long rambling answer. I have so many thoughts on this topic and I can kind of tend to get lost in, in the different roots of it. Well, I really appreciate your answer. I think it's really beautiful. And especially what you said about the difference between transactional and transformational. And, you know, just the fact that when we are out in the world making these decisions about what we're going to sell or what we're going to buy, I don't feel like that's usually part of the decision. That idea of, is this transformational? Is this going to actually affect or change my life or the life of someone else? So I think it's really beautiful that you touched on that. Um, And just the fact that like with capitalism and with that energy of transaction, just how dominant that is in our culture, how everything has to be some sort of monetary exchange. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
it, it kind of makes me wonder. So like, you know, we've talked about this a lot and I'm just curious in your own words, can you describe what your view of capitalism is? Like if you were to define capitalism to a listener who maybe doesn't fully, fully get this construct, what would you say it is? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, beginning with the root of it being capital, it is to be in ownership and to have, th- there's this myth of never-ending profit. So this myth of expansion without bounds. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of the success story we're told. We're told that we could all be billionaires if we worked hard enough. But in reality, capitalism is a structure which makes it so that only people who are taking advantage and taking more than is necessary for survival and more than is ethical for other people um, can achieve that level of, I'm doing air quotes, success. Um, so yeah, capitalism, it takes everything, like every interaction, every human need, and turns it into a question of how much can be made from this. Um, it turns everything into a transaction and it's very extractive. So it looks at the earth as a thing that we can extract, air quotes again, resources from. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than be a whole conglomerate of beings that we're supposed to be living in relationship. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, it's so interesting because this topic has been coming up so much lately, just about the idea of living in right relationship with the earth and with these resources that at one time were like so abundant and, and we were able to use them and, you know, I just, I kind of feel like at one point, and maybe even still, the energy of the earth is so giving. It's so mm-hmm. just like, I'm here. I'm I'm here to nurture and take care of you. But then we did hit this point where it was like, okay, well, then I'm going to use that up mm-hmm. as much as I possibly can. And And I wonder just, you know, as we hit this point in time where we really, I feel like we're at a crossroads where we get to say we're going to evolve or we're pretty much going to to die off. And I think a lot of people are more focused on that we're going to die off mindset. Um, You know, how do you feel like we're inhibiting our own growth? And like, how do you think that we can maybe make some shifts just from your own perspective to go in the better direction, take that better road. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah. Well, there were a couple things you said that kind of sparked some imagination paths for me. Um, first of all, about the earth being so generous. And I think, you know, so many of us think of earth as sort of mother archetype. I mean, that's very oversimplifying, but there, there is that, that mother essence of like this giving and this offering of, of nurture and what we need and home and stability and shelter. But I think about like maturity and as a species, we haven't matured past the point where we just think only of ourselves and take and take and take. Or no, that, that isn't fully true. Indigenous cultures have and are, I'm thinking of like Western and very taker mentality cultures haven't evolved. Um, and no relationship can last if it does not come to reciprocity. And there are so many things and, and, and like so many plants on this earth that actually thrive with right relationship to humans. They'll actually grow better if we're harvesting them ethically. Not to say that we should all just go out and start harvesting. It, it takes deep, like 
learning and relationship over time to do that. Um, but that feels really important to me to to recognize that like there's so much further to go and the further to go isn't in more like development or more discovery. It's in more reciprocity. It's learning how to be in relationship rather than to be harvesting and taking. Um, and so, yeah, the, the question you asked was um, how I think we're limiting ourselves or, and, and like with that, um, like how, what we maybe need to make more space for. Yeah, absolutely. Like how do we make space to grow instead of, you know, stop where we've come and, mm-hmm. and cutting off everything that we've, we've built. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. You know, I guess like this idea of, are we going to evolve out of the mess that we've gotten into now? Mm-hmm. And, and how do you feel like we can? I know reciprocity is a huge part of that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that, that question brings me to, I, I've been just like obsessing over the word imagination lately and or the con- over imagination. Um, I truly believe that what we imagine can be reality. We're making new realities with every way that we expand our thinking, with every way that we're able to get more creative. Um, And so I think a way we need to make more space is to continue asking more questions and getting more curious. Instead, I mean, it's so hard. I look at the state of the world and, you know, what my people are doing and and how much harm there is in, in, like, every layer of our structures and it can, I mean, it's heartbreaking and it's uh, incredibly depressing. And I have to keep coming back to the question of what else is possible mm. myself. It does not have to be this way. And there is more possible than we've ever imagined. And I think one of the biggest tasks we have right now is the task of imagination. Um, so I'm like a hardcore speculative fiction nerd. And I think that genre is going to like save our world. Um, just the, the work of, of creating new stories for what is possible. Like there have been times where I've read a book and, and it has opened pathways in my mind that were not, that had no, like I was never going to find them by myself. And it has radically changed the way I live. And so I think, um, using our imaginations and telling the stories we need to tell and just getting as creative as we possibly can and holding that as like an incredibly sacred task rather than like a hobby or a side project. It's a task to let what is here to move through us move through so that we can expand into something bigger and more um, more rela- relational than this, more loving than this, more connective. Mm, absolutely. And I love that you say it's a task because there are so many people out there asking themselves every day, like, what do I do? What can I do? And there is this, this sense of like hopelessness, this, this feeling of it's all gone to shit and there's no way out. And the fact that you know, you're mentioning that like you can imagine a new world, I love that because that's how we got to where we are now. Right? right? Yeah. Everything yeah. that exists w- was imagined, is being imagined. Everything, like every structure that is being upheld, we're imagining it. It's not just like, we didn't just like walk in in the middle of the story and be like, oh shit, this is what I'm in. Like, <laughs> right. we're of generations and generations of 
people imagining things. And some people are just imagining like, how much can I have? Can I take it? Can I keep it all for me? And maybe my offspring. And some of us are imagining like, what would it be like to be in community in a way where we grow together and we thrive together? We, and we grieve together and we express our rage together and we let it be a space that is for all of us and not just for some of us at the cost of all of us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that task for the listeners out there, if you are looking for anything to do that can <laughs> save the world, if you feel like, I don't know, I can't like leave my house, I don't have a car, I don't have whatever, you know, you don't need anything but your mind and your heart and your imagination and and it really does, it really sparks action. And so like just kind of moving into that idea of entrepreneurship and the way that, you know, you and I both choose to live our lives and not just go to a regular nine to five. I mean, neither of us can have a boss and we've talked about this before. Yeah, it just doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't work. I mean, and it's not that it's not right. I think that there are many people that it can work for and big ups to you people. Like, that's amazing. I, I wish sometimes that I could do that, but then I'm like, oh, but then I wouldn't be able to do the work in the world that I want to do. So for you, you know, what are some of the things, what are some of the ways in which you are pushing against the status quo and using your imagination and, and working towards that new reality? Yeah. Um, I, well, I mean, in terms of like, economic living, I am building a, an editing business and I'm, I'm using my full imagination to hold the possible reality that I can just edit speculative fiction primarily. That's like the, the dream in my heart. And there are so many other stories and, and things that are important, all sorts of things. But um, there, I have a lot of um, self-doubt that comes up with that and a lot of like ingrained like oh you don't actually get to have the job you want to have you have to do the jobs that you're supposed to do so that you can like pay your rent pay your car all this. and it's these voices and I'm like wait that's not my voice like that's not actually what is trying to speak through me they're just but they're in there they're woven in and and so as I'm you know doing this groundwork of building my business I'm having to tell like coach myself hard and be like you are capable of this. There are other people that want what you want or want what you have to offer. You want things that other people have to offer. And like, you need to just believe in what you imagine to be real and let it have the space to be real. And so part of, like, I, I, I so love um, the, the theme of making space because you know, I'm at this juncture right now where I'm, I'm starting to put my work out into the world, starting to offer my offerings instead of just like holding them and being like, I know I'm really good at this and I know I really love this and I know it's what I want to do. But like, I'm real scared to like tell the world that I do it. And, uh, and now I'm, I'm starting to put it out there. And it is one of the things I'm finding to be most important about this process is to make the space in my own imagination for this to be real. So every time the voice is like, oh no, that won't work. You'll probably fail. Or, you know, you're supposed to just like duck your head and <clears throat> find some sort of nine to five job so you can feel financially stable like all the time. I just like take a breath. I'm like, no, this other thing is possible too. And um, sometimes the things that are here and are happening are so loud and so relentless feeling that it can, it takes a lot of energy to make the space in, in my imagination. 
Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. And, but you know what? Everything is work. And if I were just like participating regularly within capitalism, that would also be so much work. And so if everything is a type of work, why not do the type of work that feels the most, I don't know, brave making and expansive and, and makes the most space? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because like taking it back to that idea of reciprocity and the fact that like, we walk a really slippery slope. You know, when you do start to put your offerings out there, like you said, you never want to capitalize on your art. But there's also the reality of like having to pay rent, having to, you know, put gas in your car, having to feed your belly, like all these things. Supplies are expensive. (laughs) Art supplies are so expensive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's like, um, you know, how do you bring in that reciprocity so that you can start to charge what you feel what you feel your worth and and that's such a tricky statement because it's mm-hmm. like charging your worth as opposed to charging what you need um, yeah. to survive and and knowing that maybe people out there can't always meet that price how do you navigate that right well <laughs> i'm like what i'm worth i'm worth calendula flowers and big hugs and baths and like really tasty meals. That's what I'm worth. But, (laughs) um, and, and the reality is that we're, you know, operating within systems where I need money for those things. Um, but (laughs) it is, it is kind of a delicate, um, a delicate balance I'm finding. Uh, I, I see it as very important to always offer a sliding scale. That like there's nothing I have to offer the world that I won't offer at whatever cost or or no cost it takes for it to get to the people who truly need it and resonate with it and feel it. And so that um, that necessitates me moving with trust in the communities that I'm part of and or not even a part of it. I mean, the Internet is like a huge platform where things are selling and I don't know the people, but um so what I'm putting out there is this trust that I will say, this is, this is my asking, you know, price. This, these are the amount of dollars I would really like to receive for this. And if you are moneyed and can offer me that amount of dollars without not being able to meet your own needs, then please do that. Like, we're not in times where, where we should be hoarding up our resources. We're in times where we should be distributing them out where they need to go. And so that said, I also, you know, I hold a lot of privilege. And I don't need, um, I don't need more than I need. And so I want to always, yeah, like, and I also want to always have that creative option where it's like, this does not have to be about money either. So I'm, I'm still figuring it out. And I imagine that I will be figuring it out for a really long time. I mean, like right now I'm piecing together a lot of creative ways of earning money. Um, to just get my base needs met so I can have like a home to work from and a, and a space to ground into and grow from as I'm, I'm kind of taking the leap into making my own uh, structure for financial wellness. And that's so brave because, you know, it's, it's not always guaranteed that the money is going to come <laughs> when rent is due or when that next bill is due exactly. And it doesn't mean that it's not going to come, but it may not be in perfect timing. And I think that that's something that like, you know, as we 
go through this era of online businesses <laughs> um, and six figure entrepreneurs. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, it's always just like that question that's on the tip of everyone's tongue of like, but how long did it take you to get there? And what did you really have to go through? And is it really as easy as you, as me buying your course and then I'm there, you know? And so going back to the fact that you're creating this editing business, um, you're, you're kind of at a really radical point in, in the, uh, birthing of this business where you're really at the grassroots of it. And I would love to just, if you could share with our listeners, like the reality, like what this is looking like for you. I know you spoke about kind of those voices in your mind that, that tell you, you can't do it, but what else? I mean, like, how are you, you know, how are you funding it? How, what does it look like trying to put a website together? Um, you know, what fears are coming up for you right now around all of it? Hey, Space Makers, CJ here, and I want to ask you, how are you feeling right now about your ability to make space in the world? As you all know, you are powerful creators, and you have the ability to make your dreams come true. Still, sometimes chasing dreams can be hard. But what if you had a companion that would bring you into alignment with everything you ever wanted? A tool that could help you manifest your wildest dreams. Now you do. I've written a 28-day guide to help you manifest with the power of the moon. It's a guide you can use again and again, and it's called Write by the Moon, a 28-day journal companion to manifesting with the cycles of the moon. Get your copy today at amazon.com and start manifesting your dreams. Now, back to the show. asking that um yeah why just make it glossy (laughs) like the reality is that I'm working as a nanny um and ultimate so I am I'm like taking my steps towards what I what I'm wanting to do but also keeping my feet on ground that I you know is gonna keep providing me with what I need as I make my way there um and when it comes to like working I feel like it's always this kind of like, it's almost like a harm reduction process in my head. Like which way of working can I make what I need in terms of money and do the least harm, do the most good that's possible within the structures that are here. And so I find that taking care of little ones and and feeding and and playing with and hanging out with kids um, is a really good feeling way to still survive within capitalism. but so that's kind of like what I do in the meantime while I'm doing this. So this right now looks like a lot of staying up late in the evening on my computer, like with my brown line being like, I don't know, am I doing this right? What am I doing? Okay, I'm going to read a bunch of different articles of advice of how other people have put together their websites or launched their businesses or whatever. And I'm really grateful for how many people like, and it's always like people with their own small businesses, but I'm really grateful for how many people share that kind of I, I really don't have a very um, technological marketing sort of oriented mind. I'm like, I just want to make art and edit beautiful words and like, you know, love my people. Um, so right now, yeah, it's really looking like me doing a lot of um, a lot of self-talk 
of like moving through the blockages that come up. There's like the fear that arises when I'm putting my website up that what if it like doesn't look professional? What if I mess up? What if it's like people look at it and they're like, oh, amateur hour over here. And, you know, I just have to remind myself, like, so what? This is a part of the process. This is the necessary step I'm taking. And if that does happen, hopefully people will be, you know, kind enough to share with me, like, hey, uh, (laughs) give me a little nudge and let me know. And other than that, all I can do is the best I can do. And I keep coming down to this conversation with myself where I'm like, if you don't put it out there, no one will ever see it. Whenever that voice comes up, it's like, oh, what if you put it out there and it's bad and no one likes it? Like, but if I don't put it out there, no one will ever even get the chance to like it. And I know that's pretty like basic, but it's amazing how like deep rooted the self-doubt can be. And, you know, I don't operate in the world as a particularly doubtful person, but when it comes, there's something about um, offering like what I genuinely want to do in the world. The stakes are so much higher. I can offer all sorts of services. I, you know, living outside the bounds of, you know, regular capitalism has led me to be pretty eclectic. In my um, offerings, I can do a lot of different kinds of work. And when I put that out there, I'm like, not very concerned. I'm like, yeah, I can totally do that. But when it's the thing I'm like the most wanting to do and and feel the the strongest about, there's like so much more vulnerability in putting it out into the world. And so I'm really, um, you know, working to coach myself through it and also uh, reminding myself that I can ask for help from my friends like you. You have given me so much good advice. And, you know, ask for help from my family and my partner to just, like, remind me that I'm capable and worthy and the things I have to do in the world are worth doing. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so worth it. And, you know, I think that many huge things start from something small. Like you said, it seems so basic to, you know, just put it out there. And it's like, yeah, it is. And that basic step that, like, super simple thing that can just like totally cripple us is what makes us successful. When we decide like, yeah, I'm going to just put this out there, even though it's not perfect every week. Like if you're recording a podcast out there, or, you know, if you're wanting to become an editor like Sarah and putting pitches out there to work with authors or whatever it is, it's like the answer is always no, if you don't ask. And I think that that's a really beautiful um, just piece that you touched on. The fact that it really is very simple and those really small things are the hardest. And then we tend to make them very hard by saying, no, it has (laughs) to be perfect before anybody can see it, before anybody can even like, you know, and I think that comes from this idea that we are always constantly being judged by everyone. I mean, we live Mm -hmm. in social media era, the social media age where it's like, how many likes am I going to get? <laughs> you know, like how many people are going to actually view and share this thing? And there's this weird correlation between likes and success these days. Whatever oh success God. means, right now people think that it's as m- how many followers you have. And really the reality of it is, is there somebody out there that resonates with your work? And do they want to pay you for that. And when they do, what, what what we were talking about earlier, that like reciprocity that comes in is the fact that you're putting your passion project out into the world and someone is giving you this energetic exchange that happens to come in the form of money, but what they're receiving from it is so much greater. It's something that helps them 
take one step closer to their own dreams. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're we're out here like putting up beacons. Like, you know, when you put what you really care about out into the world and all the courage and vulnerability that that takes, like I see other people do that and I'm like, ah, my people, you know, like we're so drawn to each other. And, you know, there's the fear of like, will, will I find my people? Will my people find me? And whether that means, you know, my people who are going to need or want the services I'm offering or my people who are doing what I'm doing too, and we can like help each other grow, whatever it is. Like there is, we're, I think part of the times we're in is this like rampant idea of individualism where we're, you know, on our own doing our thing. We're supposed to get really successful somehow by ourselves. And, you know, the reality is that we're part of a really big web and everything all of us are doing is affecting each other. And there are these like points on the web. I don't know. I'm mixing metaphors, but like the beacons, (laughs) the, the places we gravitate towards, the people who are shining brightly through themselves and through you know, the layers that we need to move through to get to the better worlds we're trying to imagine. Mm. And I remind myself of that. I remind myself of that feeling of like finding, you know, either like the service I've been looking for or a piece of art that someone has created that I'm like, oh my gosh, my whole body is feeling this. Like that, that feeling when you, when you connect with another point in the web that resonates so deeply is incredibly life-giving. And I'm learning to trust that what I have to offer could be that for others too. And that's work. <laughs> that's work to trust that. Because I, mean, I think it ties in with like the social media era thing where it's like, oh yeah, it's like the special bright, sparkly, shiny people who have all the fat followers. And like, they're the ones who like succeed. And the reality is like, nah, it's like the raw, courageous, like gonna live as truthfully as they possibly can, no matter what people that are who we really be connected or who I really need so like we should also try to be them (laughs) like our own be our own selves but you know (laughs) yeah absolutely you know I saw this um it was like a tweet shared about Lizzo and Mm -hmm. it's it it was basically talking about how it took her eight years to even Mm -hmm. get to where she is today and so it's interesting because it's like those shiny bright beacons of light people that you're talking about you know, maybe now we see them in that light, but four years ago, they may Mm -hmm. have been just like doing the same thing, but we never saw it because Mm -hmm. they just had to work up to it. And, and what's interesting to me is the fact that like, you know, like we, we build those connections, those connections that change our lives, those, we make that art or put whatever it is out there, make those creations that change other people's lives. And a lot of times it's without the, it's like the, the intention is there, but it's not a direct intention. It's usually (laughs) I am needing to do this for me or I'm needing to do this to, to heal, or I'm needing to do this because it just, if I don't do it, then I don't know what I'm doing in this world. Mm-hmm. And it's and that's when we know like it's something that is our passion. And a lot of people, they they succeed, they make money, they they grow, they they do all those things that they're trying to do in their lives off of something that there's no real intention of of doing mm-hmm. it with, mm-hmm. which is actually like really um it's really beautiful. You know, it, it's, it's a relief. It's like, right. I, I really can just, just do what I love. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, that's such a good reminder that 
it's it's more about what needs to move spoken or expressed through me like the the urgency of when something needs to move through whether it's words or medicine or art whatever it is um there's like this this uh responsibility almost to trust where it takes us so to let it move through and express it with as much courage as we're able to muster and to trust that in doing so it will take us to places that we are probably not even imagining yet and and you know that might be financial success and it might not be like that might be just like a a side like a like a what's the word i'm looking for like a byproduct of it but that isn't right. actually the important thing at all it's leading us to our people or to the growth we're needing to do or to the next thing that needs to move with us and um like kind of divesting ourselves of the idea that success just means money and like that success is some sort of tangible thing. I think to like just the step of letting your work out into the world is success. Absolutely. And I think that's such a beautiful way of putting it. Just the, the step of putting yourself out there, letting your work out into the world is success. And so then if that's the case, then it's like you can scale your success Every time you put some new creation out there, whether it's perfect or not. And I love that because it takes so much pressure off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, something that I wanted to talk to you about as well was this idea of, of finding ourselves and finding our calling. And we once had a really beautiful conversation about this. Um, but that idea that like, you know, when you graduate from high school, and you have to go to college or you, you go out into the world and there's this feeling of, I need to find myself. I need to find my passion. I need to find what I'm good at doing. I need to find what it is that's going to bring me that concept, that idea of success that's going to help me to make it in the world. Um, I would love to hear you know, your thoughts around that, around finding yourselves and finding your passion and, and what your journey was with that and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I love it because, you know, here I am at 28, now in my late 20s. Late twants, what up? <laughs> <My late twons. laughs> um, and I remember that feeling of this urgent need to go out and explore and find myself and figure it out. And I, I was, you know, in my early 20s, feeling like there were so many possibilities. I could be a farmer, I could be an herbalist, I could be all these things. And and it was so important to go out exploring. And I think what I actually really found, you know, I like traveled all around the States in a van and did like woofing and all sorts of things. And I think what I really found was like, not myself, but I found out how I respond and how I wanted to grow and how I wanted to navigate situations. And I found out what other people's lives were like, and that was really important. And it was a lot more about like exploring um, the world and how I could interact with it. And what I find now in my late twenties is I've full circled back to (laughs) being who little kid me was. Like little kid me was obsessed with plants, wanted to play out in the garden all the time, was never not drawing or reading a book. And like, that's just who I am. Like, I've just been that. And like, there were all these other routes I've explored and they do all, you know, piece together into the weird, complicated, you know, layered person that I am. But the essence of me has always just been like a quiet little flower person who just like 
cared a lot about <laughs> about art and books and um and so there you know there was all this you know there is like this kind of mythology of finding yourself like I have to go out and find myself and I I that is incredibly important like the journey and the exploration and the getting outside of your known spheres in whatever way it doesn't have to be like a physical travel but and that's so important and I just I, I'm so amused to to look at my life now and find that literally what I want to do with my life is what I wanted to do with my life when I was six. <laughs> it is the it is exactly that. It's just like a little more refined to have like a little bit more knowledge about how it is. <laughs> yeah, that's so beautiful. And it's full circle, you know, and I think that it really alludes to that beautiful truth that we are cyclical beings. Mm-hmm. Whether we want to like, you know, believe it or not, or whether we remember it or not, like we go in these beautiful cycles and the journey really is important. And thank you for sharing about your journey. I think it's so awesome that you got to travel the U.S. and and go and work on farms and connect more to the nature and connect more to the nature, <laughs> connect more to the, the nature, nature. <laughs> the nature of things and the nature of life and all. Um, and, <laughs> you know, just be able to really cultivate your passions, but also come back to what I want to do and what I want to, to support myself off of in the world is what I've always loved. And I can do that. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that's huge like hugely inspirational. And for anybody out there who's listening and is just stuck or maybe just feels like what you love isn't going to be enough, I feel like Sarah is living proof that it is. And you just have to use your imagination. You have to believe in yourself and you have to understand that it's not going to always be easy. We're living in this this world where people want us to I mean, I don't even know people. It's like the powers that be (laughs) want us to. The overculture. Right. The overculture. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. That, that like want us to fall in line. Um, We're brainwashed to fall in line from the minute we step into school, but it's like, you don't have to do that. You can, you can make your own path. And I think that that's what our present reality and our earth and just everything that we're in right now is calling for is for rebels in society. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I I feel like, you know, there's kind of this like one, two punch that we're dealt um, in that, like we're, we're taught to have such limited thinking. We're taught to look at what is and say, oh yeah, this is all that's possible. And so we need to be believing that other things are possible or trying to find other ways to believe that other things are possible. And so like, yeah, we're taught that this is all that's possible. And then we're also offered a ton of distraction. Like there, there is so much distraction and so much of the, the distraction is actually like taught to us as necessity. And like in some ways when we're, you know, living in, in structures that make us work so hard to survive that we're really not okay. Like we need those distractions. We need a space to go where we can like l- let ourselves not be in that in that reality. I think it's why like TV and movies and even books are are like that's why we make them. Well, not all of why, but um, I I I don't know. Like I have had a practice. I'm really grateful to have grown up reading so much because I I really have always needed that ability to step outside of the current reality I'm in and the ability and then drawing for me is the ability to imagine 
that the reality I'm in is different and to imagine how it could be. Um, and so like whatever ways we're able to do that feel really important. And sometimes like for me, like I was super into fantasy novels. I'm still super into fantasy novels, but just that ability to step into like a real whole world and fantasy TV shows and fantasy movies, but into a real whole world where like magic is just woven through everything. Like that feels so important. And, you know, I think some of the work right now for me, and this, this ties in in my head to the, your question of, of self, um, self just finding ourselves, is finding the ways to bring the magic that I've needed to escape into, into the reality I'm in now. And like to weave the two together and to not let it be a world that I have to grind in and then a world I get to escape to. Like I demand <laughs> that the world I live in is not a world I have to escape from. And how, whatever, at, by any means necessary, I'm going to make the world I live in, whether it's, you know, my tiny little world or as much expansion as that can have, I'm going to make the world I live in when I don't have to escape to feel okay. Ah, oh, that's so beautifully put. I love that so much. And yeah, just, I support it. I support it. And I think that I, I really hope, I really hope that whoever's out there listening to this does the same thing because we need more of those demanding voices that are, you know, like, hey, <laughs> I'm here and I have reality. demands. Yes. <laughs> my demand is that there be magic. I demand it. I demand that there be magic. It's <laughs> so beautiful. Um, and, you know, I think that it also really speaks to you were saying that you would like write or, or uh, I'm sorry, you would read books and you would draw and you would use these things to take you out of your present reality growing up. And it speaks a lot to the resourcefulness of, you know, just because as you were talking, I'm also thinking like, yeah, you know, also though, we are very privileged people. And mm -hmm. so we get to create this reality for ourselves. And I'm sure that there are people out there that are like, yeah, but like, I may not have the access to what you have access to. So what you're telling me right now, I don't see how this could work for me. But what I love is that you had these simple escapes. You had something as, as easy to grasp as a piece of paper and something to make art on it with, whether it was a pen, a pencil, or whatever it was that you used. You had a book. And I feel like if, if people out there are listening and feeling stuck in any way, what I hope that you take away from this is that sometimes it starts with something very small. Mm -hmm. And if you can allow yourself to have the belief that you are capable of something bigger and just keep reaching for those smaller pieces, mm -hmm. build into that something bigger. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I love that. And that's incredibly important because we are, you know, systemically taught that the arts or creative expression is for, it's for the privileged, it's for the well-off people who can afford the classes and who can afford all those fancy supplies and afford everything, or, you know, you know, any, any form of creative expression, cooking, dance, music, everything, like there's some sort of tool you may need or a space you need to be in, but that's kind of a myth. Like, there are no people throughout history who have not sung or danced or told stories or made some form of art or done any, every single, or like lived in relationship with plants. And so there's, and, and, you know, I know a lot of people are living in places where there, there isn't, there aren't green spaces, 
but I don't know of anyone who, like, I, I think of individuals I know, and I don't know of anyone who didn't have some way as a kid or adult of, of like, being creative. In some way, like, I think we need to divest from the idea that creativity is just for certain people. It's just for artists or whatever. Like, there's no one I know who, who doesn't in some way. It's, it's energy moving through us. And we all have energy, and energy is moving through all of us. And some of it creates a little spark of, like, inspiration or joy or release. And, like, you know, I hope that we can follow those sparks and help each other follow those sparks and help each other know that everything is for all of us. It's not just for some of us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to speak to just that and from the perspective of being a woman of color in the world. And, you know, the idea that for anybody out there who's a person of color, I'm sure you've heard like, oh, Black people do this. Black people don't do that. That's for white people. Mm. And it's just a construct. I mean, growing up, I've, I've heard this so much and I just always think like, but why, but why I would question it growing up all the time. And I realized, Oh, that's what, what society uses and puts on us or whoever to keep us in this cage. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, use your creativity. Everybody has a mind. Everybody has some way in which they can step into their creativity. And and even, even if it's as simple as telling a story or, or whatever it is, you know, um, I, I just love that you mentioned that it's accessible to all of us. It's for all of us. And, and thank you for, for driving home that truth. And thank you for this interview. This has been so amazing. And I feel like we're going to have to do a part two because there's yes. so much more <laughs> that I want to talk with you about yes. and and just so much that we can dive into and keep going on about. But I want to give our listeners a chance to get to know you better. So how can they find you out in the interwebs? Yes. Uh, so right now, the best way to find me on the interwebs is my page, my website for my art, which is called, my my artist name is Tyne and Tether. Um, so the website is T-I-N-E-A-N-D-T-E-T-H-E-R.com. Um, and that has some of my poetry, a lot of my art, my little bio about myself. Um, and I'm in the works of putting up my copy editing website right now, which will be at wordwellediting.com. W-O-R-D-W-E-L-L-E-D-I-T-I-N-G.com. <laughs> Beautiful, Sarah. So get out there. Go check out Tyne and Tether. She's also on Instagram. Oh, yeah. You can follow uh, me on Instagram any old time. Any old time. You can see <laughs> all of the creative things she's getting into. And I'm just so happy to have you in my world and have you as a friend and constantly be inspired by you. and. Thank you for for doing what you do and living and following your dreams. Thank you, CJ. I feel the exact same way about you. I'm so grateful for your existence. Uh, I love you so much. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk again soon. That's our episode for today. I hope you feel empowered to go out into the world and make space for others or just take up some space for your sexy self. You're worth it. If you enjoyed this podcast, I want to know about it. 
don't forget to like, subscribe, and listen with your friends. Because ain't no party like a podcast party, y'all. The music for today's podcast was gifted by Southern Oregon hip-hop artist and producer, Jaya Rays. You can hear more of his amazing music on iTunes. That's J-A-Y-A Rays. Catch you on the next episode. Here is space, here's a wave like crush. By the way, here your heart, here's you clearly. What will you say? Here is heat, here you speak, here's a wheel that turns eternally. A lot of nothing, absolute and empty. Just, just